And now for an episode of Knuckleheads in Isolation, Drinking Black Coffee. Hey, uh, Kyle, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but it is Monday. And do you know what it that is. means? Um, you get to Monday see my face. Night, <laughs> yeah, Monday, Monday, night, football. Monday Night Football is coming uh, to a TV <laughs> near you in the year 2023, maybe. Uh, welcome actually, to the show, Monday Mark. Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Oh, Monday Night Raw. Oh, oh, wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. That's still yeah. that's still an essential service, if I remember correctly. So I think uh, it is essential. At least in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mark, welcome, welcome to the show. Uh, we Thank we you. just come together, drink a little coffee, chat a little, laugh a little, and uh, encourage one another. And uh, so I thought we would first dive into how are you doing? That's a loaded question during these days. But how are you doing? It is. And you you guys, so you guys just do this, get up and talk, and people listen. Is that true? Uh, nobody listens, but I mean, we okay. talk. <laughs> well, actually, I'm I'm doing well. I'm uh, I'm I'm staying home. I'm staying in my recliner. I'm not traveling. I'm uh, got a lot of food in the refrigerator, and I was sort of created for a sedimentary lifestyle. So I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm great. an extreme introvert. You know, if you ever heard me speak, you know, a lot of times I say the one thing I crave is is uh, solitude. So. Uh, after, yeah, for an introvert, uh, this you know, is heaven. Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, I obviously, you know, I'm really concerned seriously about my family, extended family, and my in-laws and people you care for. It's, a, it's an un, un, uneasy time for that. But the way I'm particularly wired, I'm all right. I'm, I'm not an extrovert where I got to be with people. And so um, I'm hard time just being with you two this morning. So yeah. <laughs> I think most right. people would say the same thing. Uh, Kyle, I think Kyle, that's probably true. Kyle is the lone extrovert uh, of this little three, uh, three amigo bunch, and uh, Kyle, Kyle is kind of twitching at different hours during the day. He just starts to yeah. kind of twitch a little, and and uh, he struggles so, a bit more. So I'm not. I, I'm I'm definitely extroverted. I'm not extreme extreme. Um, I enjoy you know like some alone time to read and all that. Um, but but I've I've about had my limit of that, so yeah I'm I'm craving I'm craving people so I'm like uh, I'm texting uh, you know some guys and just like hey um like like let's just you know let's go get coffee and we'll sit in my office you know like on opposite sides of the office I, I just need to be in the same room as somebody <laughs> I, just, I just need to I need to talk <laughs> I don't know I don't know why you say that because we get to do this every day Monday through Friday Monday through Thursday we we just get to talk. I mean, what a blessing that, it, for you. That, that, that might what, be uh, the very reason that I, I, yeah, do. I would be interested in terms of pastors. You know, my, my rhythm is off on weekends. That's where I really notice it uh, because I'm not, I'm not with people on Sunday morning. I'm, I've been doing this. I've been pastoring for over 40 years, and with very few exceptions, I'm, I'm you know, leading people on Sunday morning. And so I notice it on the weekends, I, especially, you know, Saturday, Sunday. It's like something's really – like I'm walking around with one shoe on. Something's not yeah. quite right here. And, uh, and then on Monday, I feel it like this morning. It's like normally I would be doing a lot of action about yesterday and, and so forth. And I know you, you, know, you preach online and that kind of thing. And you get to do the drive-in church. You're doing yeah. the Schuler thing. That's that's better, yeah, man. That's cool. Yeah. For most of us. It's all great until you get swarmed by gnats and, and have to preach looking like you uh, wet your pants because you baptize somebody in a way too full uh, baptistry out there. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. going well here. I, I noticed on, you, you touched on something that I felt 
the last couple of Sundays in particular. Uh, and, and I think it might have been Jimbo that talked about how uh, recording early and then not really being able to kind of dwell and, and ruminate on the sermon has been a struggle for him. Uh, but I, I record usually on Friday and then, but Sunday I have a pretty normal laid out schedule of, you know, I get up at a certain time, I go to the sanctuary, kind of pray around the, the pews and so forth. And, and there's certain things that I do kind of like every hour of a Sunday, that's just my rhythm for Sunday. And right now it's like, I get up at the same time cause I'm trying to stay in that same uh, rhythm as, as much as I can. And I'll go up to our parking lot and pray, but then everything else that we have, you know, the praise team practice and, and some of the other stuff that we do, the coffee that I'm drinking with guys at the church, all of that is over. And so I end up getting completely done with everything at like eight and I've got like two hours to completely and totally kill. And, uh, and then the one time that I decided, well, I'll just sleep in two hours early. Then I was running late. So, uh, it's, it's throwing me off on Sunday too. Uh, but Kyle, you, you have a burning question in your heart, uh, for Mark, uh, particularly about this bivocational cohort thing that is coming on. Yeah. Uh, why don't you, why don't you lead them through, through that? Yeah, Mark, just, uh, so I, I know this is something we talked about last week. Um, and, uh, and something that I'm really excited about coming from the replant team, uh, that we're going to be able to provide for, for some of our bivocational guys who, um, you know, in, in, in these days, we're going to have guys all over the map, right? There are probably some who have lost their, their other job. And there are some who may be busier than ever with their, with their, if you want to call it a day job in addition to, uh, to pastoring. So, so just kind of share the vision, the heart behind the, the bivocational cohort. Yeah. When that's well, un, unintens unintentionally, we, you know, Southern Baptist, everybody, any denomination, but kind of unintentionally, we, we just leave them out. I mean, we just don't think about it. They're not the first thing on our mind is, well, how will this affect bivocational pastors? It's just not. And it's really weird because there's such a huge percentage of our pastors. You know, it's, it's a way up there. Close In some state conventions, 50% or more are bivocational pastors. And so uh, to not really think about that just seems... Uh, a little bit tone deaf at times, but I don't think it ever, it's never intentional that I've been in Baptist life for over 40 years and no one's ever sat around and go, Hey, let's leave those guys out. Trust me. That's never come up. It's just, it's just, you know, functioning normally, but well, what we got to do this, we got to do that. We don't think about it like we should. And so I've really been thinking about it in the last, uh, last few days, especially going through the, as you say, what we're going through with COVID, either you're going to fall in one or another category, uh, you're either going to be unemployed by vocationally, and then you're trying to just really figure out how you're going to make ends meet, or you're an essential worker, and you're still working retail or doing deliveries or whatever you're doing, and, uh, and still caring about your family and, and your church, and you're really going to be doubly tired. And man, if there ever was a time we need to focus on them, it's now. So these this pastor care cohort that we do every Monday has been really well received, uh, extremely well received. I said, man, let's just, let's just do that for Vivos. So starting a week from tomorrow, be April the 28th, we're going to do a pastor care cohort for bivocational uh, pastors. And we're going to do, we're going to do them by time zones. I'm not going to tell you all the details now because you'll just forget it. But basically we're going to, we're going to do two of them. One for the Pacific and mountain time zone and the second one for the central and Eastern time zone to get guys around six thirty seven o'clock at night. That's what we're going to try to do for about an hour. Uh, and uh, it'll be a time of, of about 10 or 15 minutes of general encouragement and equipping. So we'll bring up the topic like uh, what are the concerns and benefits of doing uh, uh, 
Lord's Supper remotely, all right? And we'll just kind of talk about that. And then we'll take the rest of the time, 45 minutes will be nothing but your questions. And the platform we're using is set up so that guys can type in their questions and we got a moderator who then asks the questions of our panel. The panel will be me and uh, on, the, on the West Coast, it'll be Kyle. And then we'll have another guy every week, a different guy every week who is an actual vocational practitioner. It's not going to be somebody who's never been a bivocational pastor or who was one had a cup of coffee one time as a bivocational pastor. It'll, it'll be somebody who's, this is really their life. And then on the East coast, it'll be me and uh, Jimbo Stewart in Seville. And again, we'll have a bivocational pastor each week. So it's every Tuesday evening, uh, roughly between seven, eight o'clock on, on both coasts. We'll give you the exact times uh, later this week when we get it all worked out. Um, and, but, but I can't emphasize enough the questions. I mean, that's, on the on the the pastors cohort we've been for about four or five weeks now and we get some great questions and it's just fun to be able to answer guys immediate questions that they're having uh and 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 deal with that so it's been so it's good we're looking really forward to it and then as we do that guys we're going to evolve it into probably some kind of a really powerful monthly teaching and cohort time for bivocational pastors and then hopefully from this even develop more resources i had a guy Facebook, I mean, he meant well, too. He wasn't being critical. He said, well, you know, Nam's doing this. Is this really to help us Bible vocation pastors, or is this some sort of soft sell to get us to become church planters or to do something different? And uh, I said, it's just, I'm not that smart, man. This is just to come to you and care for you and, uh, and you, know, you know, to help you. No, there's no, there's no other secondary agenda other than wanting to give you a place to where you can have your questions asked. We can equip you encourage you and probably most importantly that that third person we're going to have in the cohort uh, every week is somebody we're going to find out there who's killing it in some way or another as a bible vocational pastor and share him with the rest of you so that you're learning from each other you're not learning from somebody who's never done it or who's you know writing conference doing conferences about it you still have a guy who is doing it this week and he's doing some really cool things as a bible vocational pastor we're going to learn from each other awesome that's great and, and the, the way, the way Mark explained this to me, and, and it was the exact same thing, you know, there was, we just want to encourage. So I'll, I'll back up everything that he just said. I was in on that conversation where he said, we, there's no hidden agenda is really just to encourage and equip uh, some bivocational guys. But the hook that they got me in is, as he said, other, other than the fact, you know, that he's my boss and said, Kyle, you're doing <laughs> this, but, but, but he said, uh, he said, Kyle, I need you to be Jonathan Howe on this show. That's so I'm coming true. in. I do. Welcome. To the Bible vocational cohort. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll have to work on that golden voice just a yeah, little. Yeah, I got to work on my got to work on my voice. <laughs> yeah. well, and, and that's going to be that's going to be later in the the day, right? So so that's that's the difficult for me, you know for for me in in the sense of having a voice. If if I want the Jonathan Howe voice, it has to be right when I get up. Uh, that's when I talk <laughs> like Jonathan Howe. Later in the day, I talk more like Matt Queen. You know, it's like how you do it. And uh, so, but but that 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 sounds so awesome, Mark. And uh, and it's right up. You know, your your heartbeat, your passion is uh, is for the everyday pastor in in the city, in the town, where wherever they find them, just to encourage them, and sometimes absolutely creep them out. Tell us about your uh, your your. What what do you call those things? Uh, the Ronnie Replant guy. What is 
Well, the ventriloquist dummies. Tell, tell us about your dummies. Not not Kyle. Don't tell us about Kyle. Tell us about the dummies collection that you have. I was like eight. I was like nine years old. Every Christmas you would get a. We get this. You're too young to remember this, but every Christmas we get the, the Sears and and Ward's Christmas catalogs. It was a big deal. You get them, you know, in the fall. And we'd always get the circle we wanted for Christmas, you know, and, and let our parents see it. And I'll never forget the time I, I circled the, the Daniel Day ventriloquist doll. And, uh, and my dad, I showed it to my dad in the, in, the, in the catalog. And to this day, I mean, it's been over 50 years, but the expression on his face when he saw that his eight-year-old son wanted a ventriloquist doll was the most amazing disappointment I've ever seen in my dad's face. <laughs> shock and disappointment and grief and where did I go wrong and all this stuff uh, actually my mom made him do it so I got the doll and I got the album about how to be a ventriloquist and uh, uh, so you basically you put you put marbles in your mouth a mouthful of marbles and you try to talk and you take one marble out each time and when you lost all your marbles you're a ventriloquist that was actually on the record that joke that and many others <laughs> So I memorized the record. I memorized the thing. I, uh, I've never said this publicly, but it's early in the morning and not what I'm doing. And I actually put on little shows for my family. And uh, so I decided to take it one day to school, the show and tell. And um, from that experience, I never brought it out again. So <laughs> apparently other eight-year-old boys didn't think it was quite as cool as I did. So uh, I never was a ventriloquist who did. I did pivot into magic, however. So that's another story for another day. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but from that time, I've always been intrigued by these these dolls. And so uh, if I find them at flea markets or whatever, I buy them if they're not terribly expensive. I just think they're very unusual, especially older the better. And I, my one of my first NAM trips after I got this particular job about four years ago, I was in Illinois. And I was going to be speaking at this church, and it was in a small town. And right across from the church was a flea market. And I got there early, so I was walking through the flea market. And sure enough, there was this really cool ventriloquist dummy. And so I bought him, and uh, uh, I decided on Southwest Airlines when I was flying back to Kansas City that I would uh, carry him on. And I actually bucked him up in the window seat, and I sat in the aisle seat. And uh, I took a picture of that, and nobody took the middle seat. And nobody asked me to move him out of the aisle window seat so they could have it. <laughs> so it was... So I counted him as my accountability partner because you never should yeah. really travel alone. So yeah. uh, for, for several weeks, he was, that was Ronnie. I, I named him Ronnie Replant and I made yeah. a little sweater vest for him. And I gave him his own Twitter site. <laughs> but I will tell you this, if you do collect these things and you're going to get away from home for any extended period of time, and you think it'd be funny to like hide them like in your wife's linen closet or something. So, you know, they, she, this, or, or as I did one time before I left, I sort of put it in the bed and covered it up. So when she pulled the bit, they don't think that's funny, actually. I just love that there's now, you, you've given us an, uh, you know, an alternative to the, uh, the so-called Billy Graham rule. You know, that gets a lot of sometimes hate and, and whatever online. Now there's just like the, the Ronnie option. Where you know you just take the Ronnie and, and, and replant doll with you, and and all women, all everybody will just part the Red Sea apart from it. That's right. I, I, I don't think you'll have to worry about having lunch with a female alone with the Billy's <laughs> dummy sitting across. This the is my accountability partner. He really I, was. I just think and it would if, be. And, and if I took him with me, and I wanted 
one? No, I, I don't want to go there. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think it'd be great if you, you invite, you know, like a pastor out for coffee or lunch or something like that. Hey, yeah, can I bring a, can I bring a buddy with me? And, you, and no, uh, then you sit him down on the chair. Someone, there's someone listening to this who actually is a ventriloquist and who actually does this as their ministry. And we've lost them forever. We've <laughs> <laughs> gravely offended them. And their yeah. their their little dummy their little dummy Jimmy gets saved every night. <laughs> Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman. Good, yes. Good Tuesday morning. morning. How are you doing today? Tell you what, I've been up for a little. I got up earlier than than usual today, and so I'm about half a cup of coffee in. And my world is different today. So yeah, I'm 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 splendid. You're splendid. I'm even happy You're, to see your face this morning. Wow, wow! I, I'm glad this is being recorded. I don't think you've ever said something as nice. Of course, to I started with that. my Bible reading too. So so I think Jesus it just put you in a heart. good kind of Jesus <laughs> moment. You know, you're you're prepared to meet with your enemies and love them and and care for them. Uh, just just the other day, you you know Michael Kreiner or whatever. We had him on this, and uh, he was he was sharing about kind of his week ahead, some of the stuff he was having to do, recording and all that kind of stuff. And this was like Sunday night, and I was like, oh yeah, I've got a great week ahead. I've already finished my sermon. I've edited five articles, and I've written three devotions for our church. And uh, so I don't know what I'm going to do this week. And uh, and he just replied, hate you. <laughs> but who I do not hate is Sam. Swanky Swan, who is on the show today. We've got a, a wonderful gallery of hats to consider uh, in the show today. We've got him in his baby blue Chicago Cubs cap uh, in Wrigley Field background there. That is not a Zoom background. That is, that is a, uh, well, that's a throw blanket thrown on the wall. Uh, yeah, technically, and, it's a tapestry. Oh, it's a, it's a tapestry of grace. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I'll, and I'll, I'll match the background. There, there you go. go. I'll put up my back, my baseball back. There you go. Yeah, aren't you loving all of the pictures <laughs> that they keep posting of Globe Life or Globe Park uh, or Globe whatever? It, it is, it is sucking my soul a little bit at a time as they post those pictures. You didn't have one anyway. Beautiful but, uh, ballpark. Beautiful ballpark. But I've, I've got my isotopes hat that has a little beard uh, there on it, and uh, that's actually the only reason I bought it. Um, I was going to get a souvenir when we went to an isotope game uh, a couple of years back and I saw that it had a beard and at that time I had a much bigger beard and I thought that's the perfect hat for Matt. And, uh, but, but Sam, before we dive in, I owe you something uh, and that is uh, two words. Go Cubs. I told Kyle that if he could get you on here at 6 a.m. that I would say go Cubs. Not oh, only did wow. I say it once, I said it twice. So I'll receive that. Yeah. Welcome. You'll receive it in Jesus' name. Yeah. I receive that, brother. How, yeah. how are you doing in the old ABQ? Well, uh, we're good. We're good. Uh, we, I, I have no shortness of breath, no uh, coughing, no fever. So I'm, I'm well. Actually, everybody in our house, that there's three of us left in our house. I've got a senior this year, and then my wife is a a PE teacher. And so she's been doing some school now that school has kind of started back in Albuquerque <laughs> back. Um, she's, she's um, doing lessons like this morning. She's going to join a class that's doing a zoom, uh, one of the, like a third grade class. 
she's going to teach him how to juggle with plastic bags. So she was practicing. I said, I sure wish I would have recorded that. That was the funniest thing. <laughs> Looked like she was just throwing paper bag, plastic bags up in the air and just waving her arms. It was, it was wonderful, but she's healthy. She's strong. She's good. Riley's good. He's a little bummed because he's a senior and he's not going to, well, we'll know. They haven't officially canceled graduation ceremonies and stuff like that yet, but he seems to be doing okay. He's been connected with his buddies. He's, he's an online gamer. So he's got those guys that he's staying connected with. He goes out and skates skateboards a little bit he's he is into all that so he meets some of his friends and they skate at a socially acceptable distance of course you can't skate close to each other anyway you hurt yourself but. <laughs> yeah. i uh, i have to tell the story since you were talking about the shortness of breath and, and all of that stuff is a moment ago just before we came on and if i say i'm kind of stopped up before this happened i was not i sounded great i had that good morning voice you know good morning sunshine right. and uh, everything was sounding good and I came from outside and uh, and it came to where I was as uh, Fertig said um, a a slew of sneezing came upon me and I'm walking through the house like every five seconds with the loudest sneeze ever mm. and my daughter mm. screams out and says you have corona in the next within us within a second within a second my wife is like go back to bed <laughs> so that was, we, we we've started off well on this tuesday it's morning a, in mayhill it's gonna be a beautiful this, day in mayhill today you, you know this the, the whole coronavirus thing coinciding with like cold and flu season <laughs> yeah is really kind of a double whammy because all yeah. of a sudden you know you start like sneezing and it's like yeah oh, what, what happened yeah. I, I did that um Sunday night, as I watched that great cinematic classic, Tremors. Um, <laughs> same thing, man. I'm on the couch just like sneezing and eyes watering. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. It was awful. So, Sam, I, I think of all the guests that we've had on so far, I think I've known you the longest. Um, so I, I, met, I met Sam Swan in the summer of 2002 when I was on a rec team from Wayland and we came up and, and did a camp. Oh, yeah. And then, and then actually came and did a D now for me when I was serving at First Baptist Church in Kermit, Texas, ten years ago. Yeah, Sam. wow. That was in uh, that was in January of, of twenty ten. Yeah. Um. So it's been fun now, and 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 this is your first uh, summer in a while that you don't have like a slew of summer camps that are going to happen. Yeah. So I know this is super weird, you know, just a, just an an odd time for everybody. But what are you going to do with your June, man? I, you know, I, when this, when all this came down, mission board and the director, Dr. Bunce, they made the decision to, for safety, to, to cancel the camps. We had no idea at the time. I mean, he, he pulled the trigger early on this. He and the board pulled the trigger early on this. And so I really, I didn't, I wasn't in on the decision at all, which is totally fine. I mean, I, I, I'm just saying that he, he made that decision. And so as soon as that decision was made, I was like, wow, that means for the first time since 1978 in the state of Mexico, at least since 1978, I will not be going to camp in June or July or August for that matter. And I was like, that is going to be weird. But then I got to thinking, I, I may get to do stuff in June that I never, ever get to do on a regular basis, <laughs> I, I, you know, provided we're, you know, the quarantine's lifted. Yeah, it's not going to be baseball, though. 
No, it's not. It's not. That's, that's the frustrating. That's one of the other frustrating yes. parts. So there, on one hand, it, it's, it's completely weird that I am not, because like right now, I would be in the, in the midst of getting all of the prep, the, the small prep. The infrastructure is already set for our camps, our three weeks of camp. But the, the, the final details of editing the Bible studies and setting up the booklets and getting names from the churches and, and all, that, all that little tiny logistical stuff that has to be done, I'd be in the middle of it right now. And I'm, I'm not. So that's just kind of, that's a weird thing. And then it, for, as far as June is concerned, I have no idea, Kyle. I, I, on the first day of June, I may just walk around the neighborhood wanderingly, wondering like, like, what do I do? I'm, I'm lost. Some people may ask me, sir, are you okay? Are you, are you going to be? I'm like, no, where are they? I'm their leader. I must find them. You know, so it's just going to be, it's going to be a strange, it's going to be strange. You're going to be policing the neighborhood at like midnight to make sure no one's out and about. Hey, hey, where's your cabin? What, what church group are you with? Yeah. Sir, I'm just here to break into all the houses. You better go home right now, son. I will call your parents right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be weird. Man. Sure. Wow. Yeah, Sam. Uh, what What about just something? Speaking of the uh, the the lack of uh, baseball, the lack of uh, camp, and and some of that kind of stuff that all of us are are reeling from at the moment. I know there's a little nostalgia on uh, TV right now with the Last Dance and Michael Jordan and some of that with basketball. Uh, MLB Network has been posting a lot of old games, uh, yeah. and and I got to watch Kerry uh, Woods. Uh, 20k game uh, actually twice now uh, every time yeah. it comes on I'm, I'm trying to watch that it's just an electric yeah. uh, game and yeah. uh, and so as a Cubs fan uh, just just a fun topic for for a moment tell us your favorite uh, Chicago Cubs memories oh man I I have two really uh, well I have tons but two primary ones the first one is when I when I turned 40 years old, I was the youth pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Las Cruces. And as a gift, this pulled, you know, gave me a giant gift, a trip to Chicago and, and three tickets to Wrigley Field. And so my dad and my brother and I joined me in Chicago. And we, I got, to, for the first time in my entire life, got to go to Wrigley Field in September of 2003 in game three of a four-game series against the Cardinals. And the Cubs had a come from behind win. I remember in the sixth inning, I was thinking they were trailing. I was sitting, man, I came all the way to Chicago, watched the Cubs lose. And then I'll, you know, two seconds later, my attitude shifted to like, wait, I came all the way to Chicago and I'm sitting in Wrigley Field. Yep, yep. I want them to win, particularly against the Cardinals. But I'm in Wrigley Field for the first time in my life. And it was like, I, 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 it, I know, well, you guys will get this, but some folks who don't understand baseball or sports or whatever they're not going to understand this but when I walked through the turnstile I I was almost weeping I was like these are my people I I belong here (laughs) I felt accepted we all had the same clothes on it was it was amazing it was it was more fun than anybody should be should be allowed to have and I'll say, Wrigley, Wrigley just has, I There's mean, having been in several ballparks, Wrigley has a different feel to it. it when really you walk does. into that, when you walk into those old, you know, tiny concourses yeah. and then out and, and you see the field, it that one feels different yeah. from any other ballpark I've ever been in. I swear I heard angels singing. When I saw Ryan Sandberg's <laughs> banner hanging from the roof in the concourse. Before you share your, your second story, 
okay. related to to that and the whole feeling at home and belonging in the Chicago area. Um, I was at a conference uh, years ago when both the Cubbies and the White Sox were in the playoffs. And uh, at, at the time, I was a big uh, John MacArthur fan, and he was preaching one night. The Cubs had been eliminated. White Sox were still in. And I looked on StubHub, and there was still a, uh, a few tickets uh, to see the White Sox. And I was like, well, when – I mean, uh, Rangers and Astros, when am I ever going to get to see a playoff game? And uh, that was kind of going through my head at the time. And so I said, I'll just go watch the, the White Sox. Well, all I had was my Kerry Wood jersey. And uh, so – so I walked into uh, to to the park with yeah. my Kerry Wood jersey, and learned very very quickly that I'm just going to go ahead and go to the souvenir stand, and I'm going to buy me a little. I think it, was, it said blackout uh, and uh, white socks or whatever sweatshirt or whatever, right. and uh, put that on. And that that is why I'm still here today. I believe uh, yes. that that kept me yes. safe. So and. Yeah, and, and the south side of Chicago is not somewhere that you want to be caught wearing the wrong colors yeah. of, of anything. So, no, not particularly. No, not. Yeah. All right, so right, what's so, your second one? Share your number one memory. I, I think I know what this the, one is. The number be. one, of course, is the World Series championship. Uh, it, it, we watched two nights ago MLB replay game seven of the, of the series with the Indians. And I, I was sitting, I can see the chair I was sitting in when I was watching the game in 2016. And I was sitting in that same chair watching the replay. And, and I was still nervous. I knew the outcome. <laughs> yeah. I was still nervous because in the back of my mind, I'm like, these are the Cubs. They can still find a way to lose this game. Even though it's recorded, it's not live. They could figure out a way to lose this. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. And, and I, I tell you what, I... I didn't jump and, you know, they showed video of all kinds of households all across America and even around the world of Cub fans. Some of them were jumping up and down. I just put my face in my hands and just cried. It was, I may even do it now because it's so early and I need more sleep. But You're welcome. I, I just, just remember thinking, I've, I've, it happened. This is not a dream. Yeah. It was real. It was, it was exciting. It was and I still, while that game was on, I looked over at Brenda and I said, this, this was real, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, it, it the, this is a, an actual recording of a game. It's not a recording of, a, of an MLB show game on Twitch. It's, <laughs> this, is, this is real. The, the Cubs won the World Series in my lifetime. She said, you got to see one. I said, yeah, I want more. I, I don't, I'm not content. with. I know that's, that's totally selfish. And that, that goes against a lot of what the scriptures say about finding contentment. Um, but I want more, I, at least one more. Uh, and I don't want to wait 108 years old. Although our medical technology, we might be able to make it that long. But, so that's my number one memory. Of course, there's tons of other ones. Kerry Wood's strikeout game. I was watching that game live on television when it happened. Uh, we, were, we were in Alamogordo. I was in high school when that game happened. Or, just, or maybe I was in college. Anyway, I, I remember watching that game. Against the Astros and Ron Sandberg, you know, hitting the the, the games against Bruce Suter uh, that they call it the Sandberg game where he hit two home runs, the tying home run, and the winning home run. It just so many, so many baseball memories. And I just love the game. I just love the game. Yep. So yeah, in the same way. Thanks for letting me share that, Matt. That was yeah. cool. <laughs> Well, Sam, as, as we wrap up here this morning, um, share, share with us just a brief word of encouragement for for pastors or maybe maybe youth guys that are that are listening yeah. in on this today. Yeah, 
I it, listen, this, these are, I, I get it. These are tough, weird times for all of us. And um, I'm very encouraged by how the, the student pastors have been responding. Um, even some of the volunteer youth pastors, I've been having zoom, zoom meetings nearly every day for the past, at least one every day for the past couple of weeks. I've, I created small groups of youth pastors that I'm zooming with on a regular basis during this time. And it may be even something that we'll do once a month or something where I can keep connected with them that way. That's, that's a positive that's come out of all of this, but they are they're, they're You know what? They're not really, they're not really discouraged. They're, they're frustrated because it's weird and different, but they're very encouraged because they're having, even though it's not, they're not having the same kind of numbers, but they're having Zoom small group meetings with some of their kids. They're having a great biblical discussion. They're able to still continue to invest in their leaders. And so they, they've been doing, they've adapted very well to, to all of this. And they're challenging the kids to, don't forget, you need to continue to make contact with your classmates, even though you can't see them face to face. And you can still create opportunities to have gospel conversations. So the word of encouragement I would have is, to, to, we're, is this, we're, we're going to get through this. This is, this is it's a season. It, it's not just a temporary thing. You know, this is a long time and we don't know how long, much longer it's going to last or how long it's going to last. But hang in there, guys. God is obviously working by the stories that you yourself are seeing in the things that you're doing and the stories that you're hearing in others that are doing and uh, the opportunities that we have to, because of technology, to be able to continue to invest in people is, is amazing. And we're, we're all thankful for that. So, so keep, keep up what you're doing and, and be encouraged. Uh, and and it, when you when you reach that point uh, of frustration and realizing or thinking that this this is just going to go on forever and there it, it, because you know we as humans are cyclical we're gonna we're, we can ride this for a little while and then it's going to get frustrating and hard and difficult when that time comes just just take a moment step back take take a breath just whisper a little prayer God I need you more today than I did yesterday. And, and he will sustain you through that. And then tomorrow, tomorrow, it won't be as bad as it was yesterday. And, and you'll, because he, he is, has promised to be with us and he is with us and is guiding us and directing us. And I am so encouraged by the, the hard work that, that the youth workers, youth pastors, youth workers are, are putting into the continued investment and decide making of the students that they have. So Hang in there. Hang in there. Awesome, Sam. Thank you so much. And uh, in, in one of your former camp attendees, uh, Cadence turned 18, or 13. Gosh, no. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Time has really flown by. <laughs> uh, I had a heart attack on, on live Zoom. Uh, yeah, she, yeah. she turned 13 yesterday. And, uh, oh. and so we were we were looking back at some of her her kind of memories and so forth and and she showed me some of the notes that y'all had sent her and, and stuff like that and yeah. so she's grateful yeah. for for your ministry and uh, this summer will be behind us and there will be another one to come and yeah. uh, so I'm looking forward to maybe a bit of a sabbatical for you this year to kind of recharge the yeah. the batteries a bit reset and and uh, hit the ground running uh, and that's what's been cool about all of this too is that yes it's it's changing everything. Uh, but the gospel is still being proclaimed uh, right. faithfully, uh, right. online drive-in, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, and on the other side of this, 
uh, we, we still have people that are going to be, uh, have a lot of needs, need a lot of hope. And, uh, and right. we happen to be able to meet uh, those needs and uh, meet their greatest hope. And uh, so it's a, it's a privilege to be a pastor right now, even as challenging as it is. So yeah. thank you for sharing, uh, Sam. Thank you for coming on this early. I know it's a youth pastor up at 6 a.m. in the morning. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, that is a proof that God still works miracles, just like That's the right. Chicago Cubs winning the World Series. And so until <laughs> next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Have a great day and God bless.